Heyo, let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Weebcast with your host, your lovely and gracious host, the voice of reason in the world of anime and manga, the one and only C-Dub. What's going on, everybody? Uh, welcome back. Um, hope you guys enjoying today. I know this episode is coming out a day late, similar to the other episode this past week. Came out on a Wednesday instead of a Tuesday, and like this episode is uh, coming out on a Saturday instead of a Friday. Uh, last week has been it's been a little bit hectic, even with all the free time. Um, trying to set up for trying to get some new topics going on, trying to get some guests lined up. So things have been pushed back a day on this 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 past week but the next week we'll be back on schedule and we'll be doing on tuesdays and thursdays tuesdays and fridays like normal but for today um and you probably already know if you haven't seen how but this is another uh, news update gonna go through some of the some of the more interesting topics to me um in the world of anime and manga i got some in front of me that, I, that i'm interested in talking about See what we can uh, kind of create a discussion on, extrapolate on, um, and things of that nature. Try to get you guys catched up on this past week. If you guys haven't been um, so looking so much into the news uh, this past week, well, I'm you're you're in good fortune because not only do you listen to one of the to the number one anime and manga podcast show on the internet, you have one of the I mean, dare I say, one of the greatest hosts to ever live. <laughs> All right, let me chill, let me chill. But but yes, uh, I do want you guys to get, get you guys catched up on some things over this past week. Um, when was the last time I've done one of these little news episodes? I think it was, what, last week? Almost a week and a half ago? Um, and that was a pretty slow news week, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. There wasn't a lot of things... Um, to really talk about um there were some things that i thought that was pretty interesting but i didn't want to really talk about on the show because i didn't know what what other people um what they actually thought about it and see and what it you know debating whether if it would be interesting or not you know um i do want to talk about some of the i do kind of want to talk about the um the manga uh, Taisho Awards today. Um, I'm definitely going to talk a little bit about that. Talk about some of the past winners. Uh, talk about uh, some of the uh, the candidates that got beaten out. Talk about the winner albums, actually. Um, and see if we can spin that discussion into something. Because I, I do love manga. Like, I love anime too, but manga probably edges it out. I love reading manga. Um, but other than the manga Taisho Awards... Um, Kinesu and Yaiba's getting a smartphone app game. Um, what else is there? I think the Ubel Blots, um, Itoroji Shiono launches a new manga. I don't know if you guys were ever into Ubel Blot. Um, it did pick up some steam, has some popularity if, uh, a few, I almost said several years ago. I don't think it's been that long, but I'll say a few years ago. Um, I also want to talk about, there's also, I know there was more casting for the Tower of God anime. Um, there was also a character trailer this past week that people were sort of buzzing about for sure. Um, 
might talk about a little about Darwin's game, how that's been buzzing. Still one of my great, still probably one of the greatest anime of this season. Uh, no doubt, no doubt. But there's a lot of things we're going to get into. Um, and, it, and it might be a surprise at this point. We're gonna, we'll, we'll see. Um, but for now, I hope you guys are chilling, relaxing, enjoying the time inside. So I want to entertain you. Just chill out. Have something to put on while you're doing some work at home, cleaning the house, maybe even playing a game, perhaps. Uh, but thank you for allowing my voice in your ears and into your home. Um, let's just get this show on the road. And on the other side, we're going to get right into the news. Let me just be real with you guys. When you think of anime, you think of Crunchyroll. When you think of food delivered real fast, you think of Postmates. So when you think of podcasting, what do you think of? Or at least when I think about podcasts, I think about Anchor. Anchor is the perfect place if you want to start your podcast. You can talk about all kinds of things. You don't just have to talk about some weave stuff that I talk about. See, in Anchor, there's a set of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right on your phone. It's crazy. And Anchor will actually distribute your podcast for you. It can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. All you have to do is just download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Weebcast. Um, it's a pleasure to be talking to you guys again. It's been a little bit. Got some cool things in the works. Got some more fun guests. Uh, I can't wait to bring back bring on to the show. Got three lined up. Um, so hopefully we can get some. Hopefully I can get them on the show for these uh, for these uh, last few weeks of March. Because I definitely want to do a show. I definitely want to do an episode on um, doing my first impressions for the spring 2020 anime. So when those first episodes drop, I'll be, you know, I'll be watching them all for the new premiering anime. I'll be watching the first episodes of all of them and I'll be giving my thoughts. So I'm really excited for that one. You guys seem to enjoy when I did my winter 2020 uh, anime first impressions. So I'm going to do that. Can't wait for that, but you'll be seeing that in um, early April, so be on the lookout for that. But for now, we're just chilling, we're just relaxing, having a little bit of fun with the news in the world of anime and manga uh, from your favorite, from your favorite host, the Voice of Reason, uh, C Dub. So now I wanted to talk about some of the the, the manga Taisho awards. Um, uh, Subasa Yamaguchi's um, The Blue Period manga actually won the 13th uh, Manga Taisho Awards this past oof, about four or five days ago, if I believe. Um, the executive committee for the uh, 13th Manga Taisho Awards announced on, uh, I think it was past Monday, I believe, um, that The Blue Period won this year's manga award. Um, I'm pretty sure this manga was nominated for awards the previous year, last year. Um, and the series was also nom- nominated for the 24th annual uh, Tezuka Osamu Cultural Prize um, last February, this pa- this last month. Um, and um, the Blue Period also ranked at around 14 or 15 
on the uh, Konomanga ga Sugoi uh, mail readers list in last December. Um, but Yamaguchi uh, launched this manga in Kodansha's Avenue Magazine in summer of 2017, I believe. And uh, Kodansha published the manga's sixth compiled book volume last November. Um, Kodansha Comics is licensing the manga and um, and released it that fall. Um, but a little bit about the uh, manga real quick, I guess, before I go on and kind of talk about what I think. Uh, Yatora is the perfect high school student with good grades and lots of friends. It's an effortless performance and ultimately a dull one. But he wanders in the art room one day and a lone painting captures his eye, awakening him to a kind of beauty he never knew. Compelled and consumed, he dives in headfirst, and he's about to learn how savage and unforgiving art can be. Um, I'm pretty sure Yamaguchi drew, I think, I think had a some kind of illustration to commemorate the award. Um, I should talk about. I, well, let's let's go about to um, some of the the the, the Mongo Taisho final results because they there's based off points it's on points um and i basically there was 12 nominees and they get voted on and they rack on a certain amount of points whoever has the most points um is uh gets the award um now this is directly sourced from the manga taisho uh website (laughs) um let me start from the bottom to up i guess and talk a little bit about them. Some of these manga I've not, I've, I've never heard of. Um, and some of them I've have read or were are reading, and, and some are I'm a, I want to read. But I want to do talk about this because I do feel like it's important, as just about a webcast is to to spotlight other mangas and works of art and anime to people who have maybe have never heard of it before. Uh, maybe here, maybe have heard of it, but wanted to like you know maybe want to get back into it if they haven't uh, read it or watched it in a while. Um, so that's what I that's why I want to like this is why I like want to kind of talk about here. Um, and if any of these uh, interest you, any of these mangas interest you, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter. Send a voice message on Anchor, which is completely free to do, and you don't need the Anchor app. All you have to do is. Um, Hit, all you have to do is hit the, all you have to go is webcast, uh, all you have to do is go to anchor.fm slash webcast and hit voice message and uh, you can send a voice message right on, right off your phone without even downloading the app. Um, but um, yeah, send me a voice message if uh, you want to, if you want to hear me talk about more about these manga, if you want to read it with me, discuss it on the show, that'd be great. Uh, but let's get right into the list. Um... At the bottom of the list of these at the awards was Ashita Shinu Niwa um, by uh, Sumako Kari. And that awarded was 24 points. Uh, next was Boku no Kokoro no Yabuyatsu by uh, Norio Sakurai with 24 points. Um, Ikoku Niki by Tomoko Yamashita was with 31 points. Um, Maku Mubushi was next with uh, by Shin Hotanani with 36 points. Uh, a pretty big one here. Um, I'm sure with a lot of you guys are maybe already reading or have heard of at least. Chainsaw Man um, by Tatsuki Fujimoto, I believe, was with 40 points. Um, and you're probably saying, like, that's kind of, that sounds a little low. <laughs> it sounds a little low. 
Um, but it's, it's, and to be honest, I thought it would be up a little higher on the list when I heard, when I heard that they released the, the rent, the, um, the awards, um, and they were talking about some of the books that would, um, would be some of the books that would be in that ranking. I saw Chainsaw Man would be, was in the finalists, was part of the finalists. I expected it to be maybe a little higher uh, and not in the bottom half. Um, but I digress, but Chainsaw Man will be, it's going to be licensed by Viz Media this year, I believe. So, um, you guys will be able to buy, buy and support that book in the fall. I think this fall this year, um, in print and in digital. So, um, be on the lookout for that. Um, but let's get back to the list. Let's get back to the list. Chainsaw Man, you guys need to check that out. It's really good. Uh, Muchusa Kimini uh, by Yama Wayama uh, with 50 points. So big jump. Um, the next was uh, Mystery to Lunakure or Do Not Say Mystery by Rui uh, Morita with 54 points. Uh, now, with the point, or, now with these next series, it gets a little bit tighter with point differentials being one or two one or two points at a time now. Um, next, right after that, was Mizuwa Umi Ni Mukate Nakaru by Reto Tajima. Um, kind of, I think it showed your work. Um, Wave, Listen to Me, was next by Hiroaki Samuro with 57 points. Um, skip to Loafer. Um, one that I'm actually interested in looking into. Uh, probably, it definitely looks like it's going to be one of those... Maybe like a Kawachu no Maid Sama one or a Kimi no Todoke kind of uh, series. And I'm interested in getting into that book. That is definitely one I definitely want to read and probably talk to you guys about. Um, a manga that I've, that's, I've seen a lot and a lot more people talk about. Uh, I didn't see it so much earlier in the year. Certainly last year, I didn't see anybody really talk about it all too much. Uh, but that was Spy Spy Family, and that's by uh, Tatsuo Endo, and that was that came in second um, with sixty three points. Um, and it's one that I really want to get into. That I, I want to get into a little bit more. Um, certainly. The art looks really nice. I I do kind of like that di- the dynamic of you know one's a spy. I think the the father is the spy, the wife is um, an assassin, and then the uh, child is like a, a telepath, something like that. So, um, it's really it's one that that's caught my eye. I've seen I've seen a lot of art posted on um, on Instagram, tw- uh, Twitter, and Tumblr, so it's definitely one that's caught my eye. I just don't know; it's never really got a chance to get into it. I do know that it's um, the Ash- the uh, Asahi Shibun paper announced that uh, they announced the eight nominees for the twenty third annual Tesca Awesome Cultural Prize on Friday. Uh, not on Friday. I'm sorry, like last month, I believe. And 
these these awards kind of commemorate contributions to the to manga in general to the manga i mean obviously if you guys know asamu tezuka he's the guy who wrote astro boy mighty adam kimba the white lion jungle emperor phoenix blackjack um a legendary mangaka um and if you haven't read at least one of his works you're doing yourself a disservice (laughs) but but these awards kind of just show is to commemorate him and also just to commemorate manga other mangakas on their into furthering the platform of you know and furthering the medium that that is japanese comics um and spy family i saw that last month when they announced their the nominees um that spy family was on the list and that was back in february i think so that's when i and that's when i said to myself man i really need to start reading maybe i need to start reading it because there was it was i mean obviously when these these awards when these come out um the uh the these awards mean a lot more to mangakas than people actually think i know it doesn't these awards don't really mean a lot to the to the to the american audience and to the american readers um but to if your manga is being spotlighted and be, just being nominated just be uh, nominated and it's, it's a huge thing and only really special mangas really get this kind of consideration uh and i'm not talking about like your generic type of sh- uh stuff like uh, one piece or uh Boku no hero academia or fire force and uh, things of that nature um but more than some of the more detailed story driven character driven kind of works usually get um nominated and very few and far in between we get a, a, a there's a shonen work um but in that list not many spy families in there uh demon slayer was also in there as well um and then also the blue period uh was also nominated in there nominated as well so spy family is being is being touted as a as a co- very competent uh manga uh, so that's why, you know, you guys should definitely read it with me. I'm definitely going to start. I'm definitely going to have to check it out pretty soon. Um, it's definitely going to be put on the list for sure. But um, but that was in second place as the as the finalist in Mango Tai Show. And what went out, what beat that out was the blue period. Uh, by, uh, Subasa Yamaguchi. Um, and usually, and these awards not only praise some of the some of the greater mangas out there that you guys should read it also also puts them on a pedestal for them to be read and their fan base to even grow after that um i say that because um let me go through some of the previous awards um going back through 2008 um So in 2008, uh, I won't go into depth into all of them. Um, if you do want me to, let me know for sure. Um, and again, like some of these, again, some of these I've have read and some of these I haven't. Um, but look at some of the quality at some of these over the last 10 years, 10 or 11 years. 2008 was uh, Gaku, Mino no Yama by Yashinchi Izuka. Uh, 2009, the Manga Taisho Awards, uh, uh, Chia Yafuru won by uh, Yuki uh, uh, Sugesuru. I can't. Um, you probably have heard that one because they had what three seasons, I believe. Um, 
and even then, that one in what, 2009, and it still hasn't really got the recognition that I think it really has. It's kind of a drama, romance, tournament style, uh, school, school themed. I think it spawned three seasons worth of work, two live action um, movies. <laughs> um, definitely a highly rated manga. Definitely guys should check that out. Um, that one I have read. Um, 2010 was uh, Therme Rome. Not quite sure how to say that. I've never actually heard it been said. But that was uh, Mari Yamazaki. Um, but you probably have heard of this one. This was also, there was also TV adaptations for this one. It's a comedy, slice of life. It's historical, Roman Empire is time travel type of thing. Um, I think it has about six Taku Bonds right now, currently. real quick, I mean, that one's about Hadarian Rome. Lucius was a Roman architect whose designs often got rejected by builders. And to cheer him up, him, a friend of a friend of his invited him to relax at a thermi or public bath. Inside the bath, Lucius was accidentally trapped in an underwater hole by suction. When he finally managed to emerge on the surface, he found himself in a very different bath in 20th century, 20th century Japan. That one, I've, I don't think I fully finished that one, but that's another one you guys check. And then um, 2011, um, March comes in like a lion. Spawned two, mo- spawned I think a movie, live action movie, two seasons of anime. Um, it was season also a spin off manga of this, but you guys have probably heard this one. Marching on like a lion. It's about a 17 year old professional shogi player who lives by himself, not having a real family, and has sacred has scarcely any friends. Among his acquaintances is his family, which consists of a young woman, uh, Akadi, and two young girls, Hinato and Momo, and who also keep a numerous number of cats. Um, I think it was serialized in Young Animal. It's it's a comedy, it's drama, it's psychological, it's got some romance, it's um, competitive tournament kind of style. Um, definitely check that out, and that's a, that's a big one. Definitely a big one. One of my favorites out there. That was the winner of 2011. Uh, Silver Spoon won in 2012, I believe. Um, I think it's, it also spawned uh, two seasons of anime and a live action movie as well. And that's more of a uh, comedy, drama, romance, you know, school life, equestrianism, dormitory life. Um, I don't think it has a lick of a bad review on that one. That's another one you guys should check out. 2013, I think, was the um, Uchi Machi Dari by Akimi Yoshida. Yoshida, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know too much about that one, though. I will have to admit, I don't know too much about that one. Um, 2014, though, was A Bride Story by Kaori Mori. Um, and this one, I... Oof. I will say this one's a little, it's, it's got some objectionable content. I will say it's mild. Um, it's got to deal with our culture, family, families, a little more historical romance, slice of life type, but it's set along the Silk Road that uh, connected Asia with the Mediterranean world, include, including North Africa and Europe in the 19th century. A story of Amir, a woman skilled in archery and horsemanship, sent to marry uh, Karluk, a boy from another village who was eight years younger than her. But not, but all is not well. And as her village decides to take her back, um, 
but yeah, not gonna lie, you guys check that one out. That one I have read some of. I need to get in. I need to get back onto that one. But a bride story, probably one of the best, probably one of the better mangas out there still. Um, 2015 was uh, Kaku Kaku Shika Jika, I think, and that was uh, Akiko Hashimura. Um, now this one hasn't been read, I think, a lot. Um, it's definitely a little low key. It's a slice of life um, about growing up, student teacher kind of relationship. Um, I think it has about. I think it's only about five Takubans, Takuban novels right now, so volumes, so you guys can definitely catch up on that. But it's about an author, Akiko, um, I mean, the, the author really takes a look back onto her own life to describe how she became a manga artist, from her teenage years to adulthood, adulthood. and her art teacher, uh, Kenzo Hidaka, was a major influence in her career, so it kind of follows that. Um, definitely a better, one of the greater slice of lives I've read. Um, 2016. Probably a title you guys probably heard. Uh, Golden Akamui by Satoru Noda. Um, and this won the Mango Tasha Awards in 2016. Taking it. Um, and you probably, I was going to say, you, you guys probably have heard this. I think it spawned th- three seasons. <laughs> it's adventure. It's got comedy. It's got mystery. It's it's in the Meiji era. So if you guys, those were only Kenshin uh, heads out there, y'all definitely like that one, um, and still, I don't think it's getting, that does, it gets that many attentions, you know, I think what, there's like, what, 140 some chapters, I believe, um, it was only really, I think it's serializing weekly Young Jump, um, and I started, what, 2014-ish, and this won the award in 2016, um, 2017, was uh, Hibiki um, by Mitsuharu Yanamoto. Um, this one I don't know too much about, to be honest. I know it's a drama. Um, I don't know too much about this one. Uh, I, I So I, I don't want to say anything too wrong about that one. But that, that one, the 2017. 2018. I mean, is there really a surprise? It's one of the... I think it's... I'm glad somebody put me on the manga because I have, and we're going to talk a little bit about this a little, little later on in the show, but Beastars won the Manga Taisho Award in 2018. Um, obviously, Beastars by uh, Paru yeah, Itagaki. I mean, what I mean, what else? I'm going to talk a little bit more about it later on, but um, probably one of the greater, probably one of the, probably one of the greater ma- current mangas out right now. And if you guys ain't reading it, you guys are missing out. You guys are missing out. So, but, um, that's all I got to say about that one. <laughs> um, we'll talk a little bit about that. And then last year, um, Astro Lost in Space won the 2019, uh, Manga Taisho Awards. This I have read, um, it's adventure. It's got some dramas, mystery, science fiction. So no surprise. I'm going to have to check that. I had to check it out. It's got some objectional, objectional content in it, but in the year 2063, traveling through space has become commonplace. Eight students from Kyrid uh, High School, along with one child, set out for a school camp on a nearby planet. However, the students are then mysteriously transported 5,000 light years away from home with no way, no way to call, out, call for help. Aboard, 
an abandoned spaceship they call the Astra. These nine students slowly make their way back and figure out why they were transported in the first place. So if you guys things like Cage of Eden um, and things similar to that with a little bit of mystery, but also heavily rooted in science fiction, space travel, you guys are going to love the fuck out of this. Um, definitely needs more attention. It's only got five volumes. Talk about volumes right now. Uh, so it's not that you would not, you're not, I think it was only serialized in 2016 on Shonen Jump Plus, I think, 2016-ish, almost about summer of 2016, I believe, so you guys have a lot of time to check that out, I'd recommend that, but look, we'll have a whole nother thing, we'll talk a little, I love, as much as I love manga, um, I'm gonna talk about a lot of more manga on this show later, later, you know, in the coming months, because, um, also having some, you know, guests, guest shows, having guests and having those kind of episodes. I do want to have episodes where I review and review manga and um, and kind of just bring out to give put some light on it, so you guys um, get put you guys on that shit. But um, but the Blue Period has won this year's award, um, so I'm definitely gonna check it out, see what I like about it. Because usually these these are manga Taisho awards, um, mainly because I've written more of those titles, those past awards, and some of the ones that were in the running and the nominated. I read those more than other than the Osamu Tezuka kind of cultural awards mangas. Um, so I'm definitely gonna check out the Blue Period. I hope you guys uh, check that out as well. Uh, but let's move on. Probably spend a little, I didn't want to spend too much time on that, but I just, I love talking about manga, I really do. Um, so, I, so let's move on to something a little more quicker, a little more something more that was released this past Monday, I believe. But Tower God Anime revealed more of their cast, staff, and they released a character trailer um, a few days ago. Um, but, um, so some of the newly announced cast is uh, Rie uh, Suegara as in Dorsey Jihad, who's a princess of Jihad and climbs the tower as a regular. Um, but, um, but, uh, the, uh, Ru, uh, Rui Suegata, she's, she's been in, I think she played as, she's, she was a cast in, um, Brave Witches as Takami, um, D. Gray Man Hollow as, uh, Tewaku, what else? Those are some of her major roles. She hasn't done as that a lot of. Um, well, no, she wasn't uh, Junji Ito collection as uh, uh, Tomie. I do remember that. Um, and she's played some 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 of the um, I, Diab- uh, Diabolic Lovers as Yui. That's right. She did. She was in uh, Diabolic Lovers. Um, but that's who's just gonna be playing uh, in Dorsey. Anak Jihad, who wields the Green Ape, one of the legendary uh, three 13-month series weapons. Um, it's going to be pl- uh, voiced by Akira uh, Sakine, who's done... I'm trying to think. I think she, Aikiasu in Season 3 as uh, Miyayabi Fujiwara. And also Season 4, obviously. Um, I, think, oof. I know she played somebody in Tokyo Ghoul. But it wasn't that, it wasn't a major character, I believe. Um, 
I think she was she was also in Magical Girl Spec Ops Asuka um, as Kurumi Mugen. Some of those, but those are some of her major roles as well. Um, but he's playing as one of the fan favorites, uh, Kun Aguro, Agnes, Agnes, Ags, Ings. <laughs> Originally from the Kun family, one of the ten families uh, will be played by uh, Nobuhiko Okamoto. Okamoto, I'm sorry. Um, I'm trying to think, and he's and he's probably play, and he's got a a lot of. <laughs> I haven't seen a lot of his. I've I've seen a good bit of his work, but he's been in so many stuff. I mean, he plays in he plays as uh, Ryosuke and Ace of Diamond. <sighs> I mean, I mean he's he plays he I think he voiced uh, Iki and Air Gear so. Um, all out. Um, that really bad rugby anime from a few years back. He played Goro in that one. Um, I mean, no, I'm sorry. He played uh, Atsushi. What I'm talking about. He played Goro in uh, Akikan. Um, he played oh Karma and Akabane in Assassin Assassination Classroom. I mean Bakuman as Edgy. B stars. He plays as Kai. Black Butler. He played Dagger. Blue Exorcist. He's he's the voice of Rin uh, Okamura and Blue Exorcist. So I mean, he's he's been in certain magical index. Codebreaker. I think he's the main. I think he's Ray Ogami in Codebreaker. I believe. Um, but he's been in a lot of a lot of major work. So I they got a they got someone experienced. Someone who's a recognized voice um, <laughs> in in the ja- in the Japanese voice acting world. Uh, I mean, I think he plays Rio uh, Kuro uh, Kiba in Food Wars. Um, and then, um, who does he play in Haikyuu? Was it uh, you? Is it uh, Nishio- Nishinoya? Does he play that in? I'm pretty sure. I don't want to. Someone might have to get back to me on that one. Um, now it's Rack uh, Heiser. Kind of the proud warrior, burst from confidence, whose nickname is uh, Gator. They call him Gator. Um, those who read Tower God know who I'm talking about. Uh, Rack. Um, he's playing by his uh, Kenta Mia, um, Mia Miyake. Miyake. Um, and I'm not too sure who I. I know he's he played uh, Jack Hamna and Baki and Baki. Um. And then I think I remember his voice being used in Berserk, the 2017 series, as Zod. Um, in the series that I kind of previewed in my Winter 2020 First Impressions list, 22-7, he played Aoi Goda. Um, other than I'm not quite sure if I've seen anything else he's been in or if I recognize, I'm not sure if I recognize his voice in anything else. Um, I know he was in D. Grandman as Skin, Skin Bork, but that's about it, I think. Um. There was another character I really wanted to talk about who's got a voice. Um, oh, Yuri Jihad. That's right. Uh, Princess of Jihad. You know, top class strength and experience. Um, it's going to be voiced by Moriko Honda. Um, and I think she's been in... I think I've seen her in... Uh, uh, Nichijou... Uh, was it... Um, 
Nichi Gio as Yuko, uh, Robot Girls as Z-Chan, Steins Gate Zero as Katsume, um, I'm not sure if I've seen her or anything, I haven't really seen her, she played, okay, you know what, I think I've, I remember her voice being used as some kind of minor character, Celine, I think, in Sensei Omega, um, that's how I know her, at least, I think that was my first time hearing her, but, um, but yeah, Tower Guys gonna be. I, I, they got some really nice. They got some good talent for the um, for the anime, um, and it's giving me. And I think I talked about it in my a few episodes again, talking about where I think how these the three, the big three manwas, and how they're animating. Who's gonna be kind of the more well received? Tower Guys put in. They got some. They're hiring some really good staff. So, <laughs> and the voice actors are looking pretty. You know. No slouches here. Uh, Tower God's going to be great. It will be great. Um, let's move on to Digimon Adventure. Because as you guys know, that it's rebooted. Um, they had a, a trailer a few days ago. Updated the cast. Uh, but yeah, this is just a straight up reboot of Digimon Adventure. Um, <laughs> it's going to premiere on April 5th, I believe. Um, it will take place in 2020. Um, it's going to feature an all-new story, apparently, featuring uh, Taichi Yagami in his fifth year in elementary school and his partner, Akiman. Um, and it's described as the story will begin in Tokyo with a large-scale network malfunction occurs, and Taichi's preparing for his weekend summer camping trip when the incident happens. And Taichi's mother and his younger sister, Hikari, get, get stuck on a train that won't stop moving, and Taichi has the Shibuya in order to help them. Uh, but however, on his way, he encounters a strange phenomenon and uh, sweeps him up into the digital world along the other Digi Denston. Um, I think they also like randomly enough. They're I think they're gonna launch another. They're gonna launch a trading card game for this franchise. Um, and I and I was like, did, did they already? Did Digimon already have a trading card game? And I try to. I should have looked it up, but. I didn't think there was one that existed before, and I thought this was kind of weird that they were going to do that. Um, um, but I don't know how, because it's 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 said in a lot of places I've read that it will take place in 2020. Um, so with updated tech, so it seems like it's just going to be the f- like Digimon Adventure, but set in our time period again. I, so I'm not quite sure. I'm going to watch it just to check it out. Because I'm kind of interested in how this reboot is going to happen. Um, you know, is it going to be like a, like a Ben, like the Ben 10 reboot where they redid him as a kid? Kind of, kind of deal. Um, I don't know. The 1999 Digimon Adventure and the and Adventure, Adventure Season 1 and Season 2 were, were amazing. I mean... I mean, and the Digimon Adventure Try, the six-part movie, was um, is great. So, and then obviously, Last Evolution Kizuna, uh, which I can't wait to see. I think that's coming out. Like, what's today? It's the twenty. This episode should be coming out on the twenty-first. So, what? I think that comes out about four days after this. So, the twenty-fifth at twenty-six, I think it's coming to the states. So, that's cannot wait for that. Um, but I'm interested. I'm going to see this. So, let me know if you guys are interested in see a Digimon Adventure reboot. Um, I know a lot of people don't aren't really big fans of reboots in American audiences because when they hear reboot, they feel that things are going to be changed for the worse. 
Um, but I guess anime does have a decent track record for reboots. I mean, the Hunter Hunter 2011 was sort of like a reboot. Sort of. They redid some of the first chat. They did redid some of the episodes for, you know, in the 1999 anime. Uh, Fumino Aquin's Brotherhood rebooted it in a sense as well. So I guess the track record is pretty clean. So we'll have to see how that works. Um, let's get into some more manga though. Because uh, I can't keep myself away from it, obviously. <laughs> Shaman King manga gets a spin-off manga series um when was the last time you guys heard the word heard the series shaman king um i mean when was the last when was the last time you guys read it or reread shaman king it's it's been it's been a while for myself and when i heard that jet uh, uh kusamura was <laughs> was debuting another was about to have a new manga i was kind of intrigued uh, Cause he, I think he talked about it last year, but I didn't think it would be a spinoff from Shaman King. So now it's got me thinking. Um, but I think it was in the it's the April issue. I'm sorry, the April issue of Kodansha Shonen Magazine Edge um, announced this past Tuesday that uh, Jet uh, Kusamoto will launch Shaman King Shaman King Marcos, a uh, spinoff manga of Hiroku Taiki Shaman King manga. Um, I think releasing this chapter will have on um, April seventeenth, I believe. Uh, and then I think in the in the in Edge and Kondasha's Edge magazine, they they showed some of the uh, art centered on eyeglasses. And the magazine teased that the spinoff manga story will be about the journey to find Marco and connect to um, FOM Fom, the Flower of Mai's tournament. Um, but I think Kusumoto also did another was a Shaman King Raid Crimson spin-off manga in 2018. June, I think it was June or July. And then it ended this past January. So and that one centered around Tao Jun and Lee Pai Long confronting the um uh kind of the the, the hate field 2000 year old history of the Tao family. And uh and I'm, if I'm not if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, Kodasha published the manga's fourth book i think tuesday i mean that this past tuesday i believe um but as those who don't know shaman king i don't know i mean i would hope you guys know about shaman king but for those who don't it was a uh it was a book that was published in shueisha's weekly shonen jump magazine in 1998 um and abruptly ended in 2004 though um but a reprinting of the manga revealed a true ending in 2009 uh take drew a series of short stories titled Shaman King Zero and Shueisha's Jump X magazine in 2011 um, and then published a sequel series titled Shaman King Flowers in the same magazine from uh, 2012 to 2014. Um, but Takei was still, you know, he's still putting work even as late as, as early, as late as, late as 2018 with a new arc in a Shaman King manga titled uh, Shaman King the Superstar in Shonen Magazine Edge um, and then I think this past December, they were revealing that they, the manga was near its climax. Um, and so I guess and I guess we're going to be seeing the continuation of that on April 17th. Um, but I was going to say, you guys can all read that and more. Definitely, because I think Viz Media has got them all published. All 32 top volumes of the original Shaman King manga 
that ran from 2003 to 2011. Um, I don't know if they still have the licensing for that. So I don't know if you I'm, I don't know if you can still buy them in the states. Uh, I hope so though. I, I I'm not quite sure on that. That I'm not quite I'm not a hundred percent on. Um, okay, so now something I'm going to start something new. I want to try out for on some of these new shows. Um, when I did because I didn't know if I should either mix if I should mix um, manga reviews, anime reviews with the news as I you know as I kind of do some of the news and give my thoughts and feelings about them. Or kind of split them up into different episodes. I don't know. But I do want to review a manga a little bit. A manga that I've been reading. Uh, you know what? You're going to hear that manga review just after this break. I hate the guys. I hate to tease you like that. Um, maybe something you've heard. Maybe you haven't. Maybe something you should check out. But you're going to hear that on the other side. C-Dub will be coming right back at you. Welcome back. Hope you guys are having a good time so far. Now, it's time for a manga review. Um, this is a Weebcast review. Um, so, over recently, I was, obviously, you guys have, I hope you guys check it out. I've done a Bleach retrospective where I reread and rewatched the Bleach anime and then reread the manga and kind of talked about it and what I th- my thoughts on it. Um, looking back on it after not touching it for several years, um, you can check that out on any other podcasting site that you wish, um, Spotify, Apple, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Anchor as well. Um, but if you're listening on Anchor, make sure you guys like the podcast, um, send a voice message and, and, um, maybe donate to the podcast to see more, to hear more webcast content. Um, and enhance the content, I should be saying. But for this episode, I'm going to, uh, to a little break up the news a little bit. I want to talk about, shortly, about Samurai 8, the uh, tale of Hashimaru. Uh, and you're like, Samurai 8? It's not the uh, Kishimoto. It is, yes, it is the manga that Kishimoto uh, does the story for. I don't think he draws it, though. I think that's by somebody else, I believe. Um, I'm gonna have to look that up because I don't, I'm not sure who draws it. Um, Akira Okubo. Um, but I think I want to start doing these for the, um, for when I do the news and I kind of go through some things that intrigued me in the last week, um, with updates and things like that. I want to kind of break up that and maybe do a little quick review on something I've been reading recently, um, whether it's new or old and things like that. Mainly it will be some things that, some things that I haven't read before. It'll be something that I've just recently started reading. Um, and I read the first novel, volume, novel, whatever the case may be, of Samurai 8, The Tale of Hachimaru. Um, and uh, to be honest, you know, I'll get into that. Let me tell you a little bit about it. So f- to start off, uh, Hachimaru was born uh, with a compromised immune system and a weak body. So weak, in fact, that he can't survive without being hooked up to a special machine his father made. Despite that, Hachimaru dreams of becoming a samurai and one day going out into the galaxy to save people 
His dream turns out to be closer than he thinks when his slight defective robot brings home what it looks at first looks like to be a Dharma, but turns out turns out to be a Dharma, a legendary samurai. With Dharma's help, Hachimaru begins transformation begins the transformation that will turn him into the true samurai he's always wanted to be. So, cyborg samurai in space, talking cats who are also samurai. A mysterious galaxy-saving artifact named after Greek mythology. <sighs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Samurai, the tale of Hachimaru. Has all of this and more. Also, a tank that looks like a cake. Making it clear that it's been designed with the maximum enjoyment of 8 to 11-year-olds year old set. That's not a bad thing. And the good-hearted nature of the volume makes it enjoyable for older readers as well. But it's definitely a series that's going to, going to appeal on a different level than many of the other shonen books being released. That it hones on this particular age range while still being entertaining for others is unsurprising given the book's pedigree. It's written by the Naruto creator uh, Masashi Kishimoto. Although he doesn't draw it, Ak- uh, Akira Okubo provides the art. It picks up on an appealing kitty lit trends of the moment without feeling completely der- derivative. As anyone who's been in a bookstore or a library can attest, that's not always easy. Perhaps the most striking way that Kishimoto pulls this off is with his protagonist, Hashimaru. When we first meet him, he's a young teen, living trapped in a house hooked up to a life support system. Hashimaru cannot ingest solid foods, has a weakened immune system, and is clearly emaciated, and he's resentful all of about all of it. While intellectually he understands why his father won't let him leave, emotionally he just wants to be what he perceives to be normal. And the fact that he can't be isn't a thorn in his side. He compensates by playing samurai VR games and maintaining that one day he's going to be a samurai. Despite understanding on what some level that is not very likely. It's not, however, as unlikely as it first might seem. That's because in this unspecified future, samurai are actually cyborgs. Mostly robotic beings with human elements. They're powered by keys, which transform their frail human bodies and allow them to breathe in space, rendering them almost invincible. This kind of feels like a shout out to the classic fiction series like uh, Tekkama. While the world's lore is still largely undeveloped in this volume, there may be a reason why the why books 1 and 2 were released simultaneously in Japan. For Hachimaru, this system offers a real glimpse of freedom because it's his body that's the problem. Does this smack of wish fulfillment of a slightly different nature than we usually see in manga? Yes, to a degree. And for some readers or parents of readers, the idea of Hachimaru has its has that his life is worth less because before his transformation could be problematic. But it doesn't seem to be intended as anything other than the variation of, of on the theme of weak guy gets strong and gets the girl that we've seen elsewhere. And if at times Kishimoto's versions feels a little tone deaf. It is offset by the fact that Hachimaru's father clearly loves his son, no matter what. 
that Hachimaru has trouble realizing that what feels more like a product of his age than anything else. And a few times, he realizes he's gone too far in his tantrums, or outbursts, if you prefer. And then struggles with how he can best make things up to his father. While this is nice, it also makes for the transitions in the story to feel a bit disjointed at times. Whether this is because Kishimoto's used to drawing drawing his own series and thus didn't give Okubo enough direction or some, for some other reason, there are gaps in the story's con- continuity that are a little far too noticeable. A major one is when Hachimari leaves home with his robo-dog and Daruma. The samurai currently residing in an anthropomorphic cat body. After pages of back and forth with his father, he is just off on his journey. With narrative, with without a reaction or goodbye scene or anything like that. Likewise, his interactions with uh, Nanashi, a non-binary character uh, he meets hiding away at a uh, training school, feels sort of anticlimactic. Just sort of fizzling out when the plot's needed for you know for the two to be together just ends. There isn't a great explanation of the whole princess and samurai system either, although that may be resolved in the second volume. Since Anne isn't introduced until the very end of the book, um, Samurai 8, the tale of Hachimaru is off to an, I guess you could say, an uneven start. But it doesn't, it does have decent potential and likely to be a hit with younger readers as well. Its deft use of popular themes and international children's literature is key here. And if the world feels too underdeveloped right now, that does to be stand to be corrected in a second volume. Okubo's art has a pleasing crowd, crowdedness to his panels, and it's just the right amount of weirdness to the cyborg samurai designs. So even if this volume doesn't quite catch you, it may be worth giving it to a second to see if things kind of even out. Um, overall, it's I'm going to be giving it a, a C plus, um, maybe a C plus to a B minus on this one. Uh, I think younger audiences are going to love this art looks pretty well um some of the my some of the negatives would be the story just has gaps um that are kind of unexplained and it kind of just feels things are just jumping 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 around and the world building just seems non-existent so far um but i can't wait to read the second volume and see what that where it goes on from there though i will continue this though because i'm i am interested i am certainly interested um but I want to start trying doing that, doing some volume kind of reviews or chapter reviews on some manga that I've recently found or someone's recently maybe recommended to me that I should read. Um, maybe more on the current side of things, um, just to get my thoughts and feelings on some of those and kind of break up the um, of me just, you know, me boringly just going through some of the news of the past week. Um but let me continue because there's there are a few more stories that I'm kind of that kind of caught my eye this past week um, as you probably know if you don't know you will know now like, I'm a big fan of toku or tokatsu kind of things that is like Power Rangers Sentai Kamen Rider uh, Ultraman things like that um, 
But Toei announced that on Thursday that it will launch a new global YouTube channel on April 6th that will update every day with new episodes from its catalog of, um, of Tokatsu and anime shows, which include entries from Kamen Rider and Super Sentai franchise. The uh, first two episodes of 70 shows will debut on April 6th with English subtitles. Uh, anime included in the release include Mirai Robot, Dalantanius, um, Combatter V, Volts V, Dymos, um, Toei didn't really reveal a full list of the 70 shows that were available to the service, so it's possible more anime will debut on April 6th, aside from those four anime. Um, but it stated that for now, subsequent episodes will not have English subtitles, but the service plans to make a public call for subtitles in any and all languages. Um, the third episode, I think the third and fourth episodes of Corn Batter, uh, Con- Combatter V will debut on April 19th, and some of the subsequent episodes will debut on Sundays. Um, but um, these are all directed by uh, Taito uh, Nakahamas, and they're going to kind of be like the romance super robot trilogy. So he's really putting a lot of effort in these three shows. Um, but in addition, Shout Factory announced on Monday that it's launched a new linear streaming service channel, I guess, called uh, Toku Shoutsu, and dedicated just to Toku titles in general. Um, and that launched this past Tuesday, I believe, on Pluto TV. Um, so that's good, that, and that's really fun. I, and the thing is, I really want to, I don't want to talk too much about Toku on, on the Weebcast. Um, you know, as much as I would love to, because I, I love Sentai, I love Kamen Rider, and I love anime dealing with kind of Toku-type themes. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely going to talk about it here and there throughout on different episodes and things of that nature. I just wanted to talk about this, is because, just in case you guys didn't hear um, and if you guys are not really into it or haven't really checked out a lot of Toku type shows, just want to let you know get, that you can now uh, on April 6th that there'll be um, a mass upload on their YouTube channel of over 70 shows, apparently, of showing their first few, first two episodes of 70 some shows. So it's massive. So if you guys want to get into it, this might be the perfect time to do that. Um, you know, exactly. So I'm saying. Um, so I have some things I wanted to kind of talk about. Um, there's kind of the two big things that have been people have been talking about a lot mainly. And that's really just B-Stars of his first season um, streaming on Netflix and kind of the Bleach news, obviously. Um, and if you guys didn't check the live stream yesterday, you guys definitely should check that out. Um, on the Bleach news. But people have been really talking about a lot about a Bleach. Um that the anime is returning in 2021. Burn the Witch uh, is becoming a weekly manga starting in the summer. Then a movie later in the fall. Um, I think Blade, Breach, Blade Souls, they will be adding some of the Stern Raider now. But also kind of the big three things that they released. Um, I do want to kind of start with B-Stars here. Because... It's a show, you know what? Let's just let me just get it out here right now. Right, let me just start. Let's let's let me preface my B stars discussion with this because there's a lot to talk about, but then again, I don't want to be too dramatic and too kind of drawn, you know, draw it out too much here because B stars is on it's a manga which was finally got its finally available on streaming on Netflix based on uh, part of Itagaki's manga. Um, 
It might look like a high school drama that happens to start anthro animals, but throw in a murder plot, tense interspecies relationships, and a lot of complicated sexual feelings, and you it's it's a roller coaster to say it to the least. I've recently started reading B Stars a few um I guess four or five days ago. In those four or five days, I've caught up. Because I wanted to read the manga before I, before I uh, saw the uh, anime. See how it was going to be adapted. I've yet to see the anime yet. So I'm only going to speak what I know about in the manga. And I won't go too much into spoilers. Um, but I, I've heard... I have looked up where the, what events the, the anime kind of cover. And where, it's, where it starts and ends. So I'll kind of just go over just those kind of main things um, right now. But I should just start out and say, for those who probably heard of it, I'm sure you guys have heard of it by now. It's kind of all over the place now. Uh, and I've kind of talked about earlier on the show winning a uh, manga taisho award three, two years ago. Um, but if you're bothered by the look of the furries... <laughs> I guess, or the anthropomorphic, anthro kind of styled of animals here. And that's kind of the barrier that you're putting up for you not to enjoy or try the manga. Look, we do we do hot takes here, but you're doing yourself a disservice. Um, not only are you limiting yourself from a great piece of work, but the reasoning for it is so weak that it almost sickens me. It sickens me to the core a little bit. Just a little bit. Not too much, but just a little bit. That's like if someone recommended me One Piece and they said, you know, it's about pirates. And I said, well, pirates are kind of stupid and boring to me. Why should I, you know, check this out? But you assured me that it was a great, it was a good piece of work. That it's, uh, it's really enjoyable. I think you'd like it, Chris. You like it, C Dub. I said, well, I don't know. Pirates are not kind of my thing, so I might not check it out. So that's a little weird for me. You obviously you would, I don't know, maybe feel a little, I don't know, feel some type of way if I came at them with that, if I came out with you with that kind of response, right? You know, and that's what I kind of feel with B Stars. If the characters make you feel that uncomfortable. <laughs> Sure, go ahead. Just don't read. Don't read it. Um, there's a lot of great manga out there. Um, but don't then go ahead and make that assumption that the manga is, hence, I don't know, fucking amazing. Because <laughs> that's what that's exactly what we're doing with uh, with Beastars. Um, it's definitely in my. It's definitely one of the top ten manga currently running that is. Of quality right now. Definitely top 10, top 15 around that area right now for me. Um, and I just wanted to start out that if you have a hangout with, I guess, with animals in a school and talking and things like that, walking on two legs, then that says more about yourself than the show. But I digress. A lot of people have been waiting, apparently, for this anime. Longtime readers of Beastars have been waiting for this anime. Um, and I can, and I can, I can see why, or I can, I can understand why they would, because the, 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 it's written so realistically, um, 
you almost kind of forget while you're reading that these are animals <laughs> that you're reading like these cats and dogs and elephants and all these people are, are in these situations and predicaments and you just kind of forget that you're dealing with these anthro animals in the first place um it's just, just a lot more to the furry character designs. Because um, I think what I've seen a lot of people describe it as is Zootopia, but anime. Um, which is kind of, a, which is a, not only just a meme, but also it, there's some truth, but it's mainly more just like of a joke. <laughs> really, in this case, because you'll get more than that. It's intriguing. It's complex. Uh, it's emotionally intense series that are also about that's sometimes also sometimes about anthropomorphic uh, anthropomorphic fucking um and if that isn't it's just your bag man you might have to do the dog part you know what I'm saying but see that's the only problem if you only view it in that certain way um cause Beastars approaches themes of sexuality depression and uh with a backdrop of societal oppression and extremely upfront logical questions about different animals I guess you could say I guess different animals hooking up I suppose <laughs> it, it brings up because there's a lot of questions that people have about these stars and it has a lot of unconventional kind of viewings on it you know it, it's just not about some this career about <laughs> Itagaki's deviant search history you know what I'm saying see it's about it's about a tale of a lanky and internally awkward wolf named Legoshi who's he's pretty much an all-in-all good good person with a bad case of murder phase um and to be honest he's probably one of the more relatable protagonists in a manga I've read in a, in a while. See, he's a, he's kind of a good person that hasn't been domesticated enough to be happy-go-lucky. You know, instead he slouches in the shadows and tries his best to go unnoticed. Um, but there's still that murder mystery, you know? Um, and it feels like there was only... And from what I've heard, there's a lot of stuff. There's only, you know, there's only so much you can fit in 12 episodes. Um, and obviously, there's a lot of sexual frustration to get through too in in that, in all that, especially in the first what fifty some 50, 45 to fifty some chapters. Um, but and you think and and what you think you think the the, the murder mystery in that beginning um, would would just be you think the the it would just go into that direction, but it really actually serves up and sets up. A visceral bit of world building. Uh, while eating other animals is illegal in Beastars, it's also one of those things that still happens enough that the authorities and populace kind of just move on after a few weeks. Um, and, you know, as we learn later, they're happy enough to cover it up to keep the peace. Because you know, everybody. Everybody in Beastars is supposed to be strictly vegetarian. Yeah. And it tends to go badly whenever anyone gets a taste otherwise. Um, The kind of cowing of 
car- or carnivores instinct seemed to be a necessary step to coexisting with prey animals. But the stigma that one could them could go murder the other at any moment hangs over almost every single interaction in this series. But it's really, though, a super interesting journey to take, to be honest with you. Like, Lego C is a character constantly at odds with his own body, both in puberty sense and that he's afraid using his innate, like, strength <laughs> and size to hurt somebody, even accidentally. The supporting cast is built expertly to further emphasize each of his issues that he constantly worries about. Where Haru is a good inclusion in the problem, how does sex work between a really tall person and a short one? <laughs> the main dichotomy of the story is be- really between Legacy and Louis, or Louis. Um, and the imbalance in those who want power but lack it, and those who have power and wish to never use it. And Louis is a, def- a, a re- re- really interesting character in this film. Because um, real deer are characterized as high-strung, with timid nerves. But but this one, Louis is kind of high-strung because he's constantly holding back his seething rage at basically just about everything. Um, and, all, and with all this... With all this on top, well, on top of carnivorous murder mystery high school coming of age story that's about the tri- you know trials of a high school drama club. I mean, behind all the the the, the murder suspense and the coming of age, somewhere in the backdrop or in the foreground, it's kind of it's mixed but so beautifully well done that a group a drama club is trying to put on a perfect show because B stars. It's more like the human sister to the old maidens in your savage season. Um, kind of a romance, not kind of novel. Uh, and it's about a, a high school. I think it's about these girls in a high school literature club that do icebreakers to get to know each other. Um, I don't want to get too much in that because that one's a little... Some of the it's got some object, objectionable content, and it kind of gets intense. But that's the vibe. What I kind of get to, that I kind of get in all this, because um, it's about a show attempting to make your experience every emotion possible, um, which even includes you know high melo, melodramatic things. You know, it's it's pretty much like a high stakes drama club. While it originally felt like a kind of a throwaway point, it's increasingly obvious of how important the weirdness of the club that Legacy is in. You know, first of all, this is like a fancy-ass private school. Yet the only people allowed in the drama club um, are personally scouted from the weirdest and some of the shittiest circumstances possible and enrolled into the school to partake in the club. Every one of these characters explicitly have tragic anime backstories, obviously. We don't see them all. I'm, I'm heard that you don't see all of them in the anime. But you do, they, do, they do elaborate them in the, in the manga, though. Um, Um, 
Oh, but I should probably I should talk about some of the CG work, I guess, a little bit here. Um, the show is mainly built on Orange's stellar CG work. Um, they've done. I'm trying to think of some other CG stuff they've done. I and you know I'm not too big on CG, or at least shows that use a good portion of the animation for CG. Um, but Orange have done some good work. They've done some good things like Black Bullet, Black Clover, Black Lagoon. Uh, they did some CG work in Codebreaker. Uh, they did some CG work in Detective Coney movies. I think it's three of the Coney movies. Um, Zero, The Enforcer, Crimson Love Letter, and Quarter of Silence. Um, I think they also did the Battle of Gods movie too, Resurrection F. They did some assistance on that one, but, um, and like three or four of the Ghost in the Shells, but it does, what's also interesting, what I've seen in the anime is that it breaks into other, it breaks into other styles for specific sequences and it's combined with the evocative direction. It basically always interesting to look at, uh, which kind of brings me to the one, to the opening because I did listen to the opening. That thing is not. It, you, it's, it's you can't skip it. I, I I don't. You if you skip it, I'm having second guesses on on whether if I really know you or not. <laughs> um, but let me go back into kind of the Luin legacy kind of thing here. See, both of them have various issues to work through, and and it's kind of in this classic teenage boy fashion. The both decide the best way to do that is get really attached to a girl, the same girl. Who happens to be into the executive, you know, who just happens to be kind of a scandalous, rumor-filled type of um, dwarf bunny kind of thing. Um, who is named Haru. Um, but Haru just kind of wants to be treated like pretty much anywhere, anyone else. But so few people can look past her size and her species... The only time she gets where people don't treat her like a fragile child is when they're, you know, when she's kind of intimately involved with some of the other species. Um, the idea that everyone shows their true self in bed is Haru's gateway to an actual, if brief, connection with others. Hence the irony in both her main relationships. She assumes Legacy's weird version vibes and inability to articulate anything means that sh- he shows up wanting the same thing every everyone else does from her. And his freaking the hell out at being bangable begins beca- begins an extremely awkward friendship between the two. Who just wants someone who just wants someone to see them. Um What's more, those brief moments of connection have led to most of the school treating Harley like, well, um, treat any who treat of, you know, of, of, well, a lot how like we treat um, some women. Um, it just has a lot, has a lot of messages on society and it's not exactly subtle. Um, the saddest part is that this, this is compounded by her relationship with Louie. She met him in a moment of weakness and helped cover for him. 
And that sparked into a secret relationship. But when push comes to shove, it's not much more than she gets from anyone else in reality. In the end, she's kind of like a refuge. And while to her, that's better than being a throwaway sex object. It still has nothing to do with her with treating you as her own person. Um, and it's not like Louis has, doesn't feel any affection for her. But he's resigned to the life that he's been cast in because it means to his goal of ascending society and reshaping it as he sees fit. Um, plus, he's got he's too busy getting donned by a wolf in his spare time. But that's a whole nother thing. Actually, that is the whole thing because Juno is, is a great addition to this to this to this uh, piece. As Legacy starts figuring out his place in the world and how he personally sees life as a carnivore, she shows up and just thrusts him into the spotlight as the exact opposite of what he believes. That she decides the fight over Legacy and therefore the school is with Louis is the icing on this cake. His girl, quote unquote, his, well, his girl, he ain't even into me. I can't wait till you discover his kink, quote. And response is kind of it's kind of great. Um, but we'll get into some other scenes with with uh, Haru and Legacy later. But I do think it's interesting how Juno re- reacts to the same stigma that Legacy faces, where he tends to shrink away from his own ferocity. She wants to know the world how carnivores can be compassionate leaders who would never kill the herbivore brethren. That message gets a little undercut, but you know, in reality, it's interesting nonetheless. Um, I, 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 there, there's still a lot of great areas in Beastars. Um, you know, with like the black market or I think in the early translations they called it the ghetto but I think in I think around in the 40 chapters 40s to 50s I think they just changed it to the the black market um like there's so much more you can really kind of you can kind of get into to be honest um and honestly I cannot wait to just see what the second season is gonna hold uh and how this and how some of the, the events are going to be played out. Um, you know, I'm totally down for it. Beastars is a weird but immediately engrossing creation, and I can't wait to see more of it someday. You know, and, and look, maybe next time Netflix won't make us wait too long. Hopefully, we get it early 2021. <laughs> but who knows? But who knows? Um. That was just that was just my B stars kind of talk there because I've seen a lot of good things about it, people talking about it, and I've seen a lot of weird people being hung up on frivolous things on as excuses to not try and read it or watch it. But um, but hey, that's not gonna stop the ones us loving that sh- loving the hell out of that shit. You know what I'm saying? That's not gonna stop us one bit. Um. I don't know if I want to end on this piece. Um, because I, I feel like I'm because I'm going to want to I think I might want to talk about it later on in a future episode. Definitely before the actually, you know what? I might. Yeah, I won't talk about too much here. 
because I, because like I said, I am planning to do a my the spring 2020 anime first impressions in early April. Um, so you guys look be on the lookout for that. But I'm I'm referencing the Fugo Kechi Balance Unlimited. Well, I guess people are just gonna be calling it uh, Fugo Keiji, the wealthy detective anime that um, pretty much every female under the age of 24 is probably going crazy over right now. Um, if you haven't seen, if you've seen a suave, young-looking man with glasses and a black suit and an ascot um, in various rap video edits and screenshots, plastered all over Tumblr and Twitter, then you probably have heard of it and probably just didn't know what the hell this show was about. Um, look, I'm a sucker for a lot of detective anime. Hell, one of I think what I what I think Detective Conan is one of the greatest um, animes and mangas to ever be written. But um, more and more as we get closer and closer to the date of these spring animes dropping, I'm getting a little less and less interested in this one in particular. Um, f- for the sole reason that the the fandom already, but. I just, well, let's get into the news instead of my feelings about it for right now. Um, they did add some voice actors to the to the cast. Um, some of the, the ancillary characters um, like Yukihiro and Chosuke, uh, Shinosuke, uh, Mahoro, Tepe, Katsuhiro, uh, Ryo. Uh, The anime is going to be... I think it's going to be on Fuji TV. On the Noteyama programming block. Which I think is a Saturday. I think are Saturdays. And the story basically follows an incredibly wealthy Daisuke Kanabe. Who audaciously solves cases in unconventional ways. Whereas Tatsui, whereas Tatsui serialized the original novel from 1975 to 77 or so. The anime moves the setting into the modern day. And Kanabe is assigned to the Modern Crimes Task Unit. A unit created to keep problematic officers away from others. There, Conover becomes partners with Kato. Um, I think uh, Tomohiko Ito is going to be directing the anime at Cloverworks. Um, And Tomohiko has directed things like Erased, um, Silver Spoon, Occult Academy, um, the Sword Sword Art Online franchise, um, so some pretty high names, some pretty high billing type things right there, especially Erased being the highly, my favorite of that list there. Uh, Team BUL is credited with the draft in the story, um, and Taku Kishimoto, who did, uh, Erased and the, uh, 2019's Fruit Basket and Haikyuu, is supervising and writing the series scripts, um, Keigo Sasaki, um, is designing the characters for this anime. And Keiko, I think, designed the characters for the several deadly sins in the anime and also erased. Um, and Yugo Kano is composing the music. Um, and I'm pretty sure Yugo Kano has done music for JoJo, Diamond is Unbreakable, and Psychopaths and Ajin. Um, the, and it's weirdly enough that the technology and science website Gizmodo Japan is credited with the gadget coordination for the ensuring that gadgets are realistically portrayed in the anime, which is 
pretty interesting. Um, but the original novel inspired two live-action TV series in 2005 and 2006 with a female protagonist, uh, Miwako Kanabe. Uh, Tatsui's other novels inspired The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, uh, Paprika, uh, and I think Tatsui's original Girl Who Leapt Through Time and Paprika novels, are, as well as his other writings, are all available in English at well. I, at least I know for Paprika, I know that one's in, definitely in English that you can definitely buy. But yeah, as we get closer and closer to the spring animes dropping, I was really excited for this. Um, I, and I still am to a relative degree. Um, not sure how I'm going to get used to seeing it all over the place when this thing drops. Um, mystery, mystery, mystery animes and mystery mangas hinge on the fact of relatable characters, its believability, um, its expense... And, and things of that nature. So, um, it doesn't hinge on great character design, which is a plus, but it's just not something that it hinges on. Um, so that does worry about me about when what other people are kind of latching onto some of the character designs um, to characters that we don't know really how we're going to interact with each other, how the plot's going to kind of draw. Uh, derive around for, around them um but i'm just gonna keep i'm just gonna kind of keep my uh my blinders narrow just wait till the show comes out watch it and and you know i'll give my thoughts on in you know in that future episode um, but for right now i'm i don't know i do not know I, I i mean i like it i said like i said i'm a sucker for detective anime so i'm gonna be i'm definitely gonna be checking this out but I just, I just don't want to assume it's quality <laughs> just because people under, uh, you know, for girls on Twitter and Tumblr under, under 20, under 23, love, you know, love the look of the main character. So we'll, we'll see on that one. But the animation does look kind of clean though. Let's not, let's not forget about that. The animation does look kind of clean. Uh, and they got competent people on the staff. People who have done a lot of good shows. Like I said, erased. Um, so... We'll, we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see. And obviously, I do this every week. I have to talk about it. Got to talk about the Japanese anime TV rankings for this past week, from the ninth to the fifteenth. Because I love bringing it up. What, 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 what would this be, Weebcast? If I didn't bring it up at least a little bit. Um. And would I? And if, what kind of show would this be if I don't bring? Well, I've already brought up the Shaka Kona, didn't I? Let me check the producing. Hey, did I bring up uh, Detective Conan producing staff? That's not totally. That's not totally fake at all. Ah, and did I already bring up One Piece? Man, I have really have. Oh, so I did have hit my quota. Moving on, and like I've been saying, like I've been saying for weeks and years, weeks now on the podcast, but years just in casual conversation on Twitter. Detective Conan still reigns as one of the most popular shows in Japan. Beating out shows like One Piece, which didn't get enough highly household rating to even be on the list this week. But beat out shows like Shinjan, Doraemon, My Hero Academia, Healing Good Precur. I think Detective Conan had the 
third most, even beating out some other children type shows today, this past week. Um, just goes to show, still raining, still putting in work. People loving the hell out of it. But hey, you don't need to hear me tooting that horn. You don't need me tooting that horn. Um, on to another. Um, back as a manga head, got to talk about a little bit more about manga. Um, Kunadori, Dr. Stork, um, entered, I think just entered their final arc. Um, and it's about a manga about childbirth doctors. And it launched in about 2012, I believe. And it's got two live action series, believe it or not. I'm surprised it doesn't have an anime yet. It is kind of a short, it's kind of a more condensed manga. I do enjoy the hell out of it. I do love the art. Um, and then the realistic kind of the interactions these doctors have with their patients and things like that. I do love it. Surprised it doesn't have an anime. Um, but this year's 16th issue of the Credentials Morning Magazine revealed uh, this past Thursday that uh, you, um, that Susanoki's uh, Kunodori Dr. Stork, or people just call it Kunodori, I believe, has entered the final arc. Um, Kodasha Comics is actually releasing the manga in English digitally, so you guys check it out on Kodasha Comics. Um, let, I can give you, I can give you, I can hit that link up there for you guys. Just let me know. Um, but to, just to describe the story real quick, childbirth isn't an illness, so under normal circumstances, insurance won't cover. Delivery staff doesn't cure disease or treat injuries, so there's no need for a doctor. Unless, of course, circumstances aren't normal. The smash hit drama gives a look into the lives of men and women who work to welcome a, th- a million new lives into the world each year in Japan. Um, Suzanoki lost the manga, and like I said, in the summer of 2012, I believe, um, and started publishing. I think this published the 29th volume on December 20. This past December, um, and it will publish the 14th volume um, mean, in English on April 28th. Um, but like I said, it inspired a live action television series, I think, in 2015 and one just a few years ago, 2017, I believe. Um, I was going to say, it, it's a pretty simple manga. I mean, it's about childbirth doctors um, and kind of the trials and tribulations of the hospital and of their work. Um, and there's such a likable main character. Um you know, even just describing the manga to you, it doesn't really do too much justice because there's a lot of things that kind of go into it that are kind of surprising and kind of, you know, surprised me. I didn't think I would like a manga just like uh, like this. Um, but that's just a little update on uh, uh, Puno Dori. Um, did I have anything else? I know I had a few more things I wanted to talk about. That's right. That's right. It's the uh, Cold Gias. Uh, Lush of the Resurrection manga that will be launching in April. Um, uh, Tomofuri Ogasawara is going to launch a manga depicting the blank period leading up to Resurrection. Um, I think the uh, Kadokawa's comic new type, the official Twitter, uh, announced on f- this past Friday that the uh, Tomofuri Ogasawara will launch a new manga titled Kogia's Lewusha the Resurrection um, on this website in April. Um, and it will, the manga will premiere with the image of Sharon website. Well, I think we have been releasing some images out on its Twitter and Pixiv. Um, Sunrise's uh, Kojiro Tanaguchi 
who did. I think the code gear is Akito the Exile. Um, is planning. It's going to be the planning manager. Um, and it's accredited, I think, with a scenario based on the original Code Geass, Luigi of the Rebellion series, anime series. Um, the manga will begin with an original story that uh, depicts the blank period leading up to the resurrection. Um, uh, Osa, uh, Ogasawara, who's done, you know, Mobile Suit Gundam Wing, Endless Waltz, Glory of the Losers, uh, launched Code Geass, um, Luigi of the Rebellion uh, manga on the comic Mutai website, I think in 2018. Uh, and the manga is kind of described as a definitive version of the Code Geass manga. Um, the story begins with Lelouch and uh, Suzuku begin the Zero Week Realm, a plan that the pair execute at the end of the Code Geass Lelouch of the Rebellion Season 2. Um, the Code Geass um, uh, Lelouch of the Rebellion Lancelot and Gurren spinoff manga, I think, just entered their final arc last December, which I have to go back and read, though. Um, but the Kogia Sluice of the Resurrection anime, which is the most recent anime in the franchise, um, opened on, I think, February of last year in about a th- about a, over 120-some theaters in Japan. Um, I think Funimation even screened some film in North America in May of last year as well. Um, and then I think the producer even talked about this movie being I think was it Kojiro uh, Taniguchi said in April of last year that the film is a phase one of ten of a ten year plan for new content in the Kogias <laughs> like what is this one piece type shit man <laughs> like they have a ten year plan for this with this series like that's crazy um probably a ten year plan that's a lot better uh researched and uh planned out but um not shooting any shots but um the first film in the series was a compilation of recap trilogy of the Kogias, um, The Awakening Path, or Initiation, I think it was called. And then the second film was um, Kogias, The Rebellion Path, um, Transgression, or something like that, of that sort. And the third third film was Kogias, The Imperial Path, which was in, I think it was on, which is on Blu-ray, and you guys can buy that. I think that came out, what, March of last year. Um. But yeah, there's a lot of Code Geass content we're going to be getting, apparently, over the next 10 years. Um, and I have seen this news has been kind of... for. I mean, I'm not saying it's been a little bit quiet, the Code Geass news. It's been out for days now. A lot of new works been coming out, movies, uh, anime series. Um, I'm seeing it's not getting a lot of attention, though, which is fine. I mean, because the Bleach news that's been coming out over the past few days has been kind of overshadowing it. Um, so it's not, it's not its fault. It's not its fault. I mean, Bleach is just, it's just massive. It's huge. So, um, but it it does, it it does worry me that this 10 year plan, if they, if, if they're determined and will go follow through with it, that it doesn't get, I don't know, stop, stop short. You know, I I don't think anybody would want to see that. At least me, I don't want to see that get stopped short because Code Geass being one of the few, one of the first animes I've seen just in general. Um, or being one of the first, at least definitely one of the dubbed animes I've ever seen. I don't want to see kind of this series, this this franchise getting backed up because it's not getting a lot of attention. Um, but we shall see. Um, I, I it'd be calm. It'd be weird if I didn't talk a little bit about Bleach. I mean, 
I mean, I, I, there's not too much to talk about. All you guys seen is you guys. I've, I've already talked about it a little bit on the episode right now. You know, Burn the Witch. It's gonna be a weekly. It's gonna be a weekly manga soon in the summer with this movie coming out. Um, they actually made the uh, the the you know as a celebration for this 20th anniversary that um, Burn the Witch will actually um, the the one shot will be actually free. It's actually free right now on Weekly Shonen Jump on you know online. You can let, read it free. Um, also, I think you can read like about a few. I think you can read Bleach for free from chapter four hundred and seventy-eight to its end. I believe. I'm not quite sure. Um, I think on Shonen Jump app you can list, you can read this the the, uh, the one shot free and also read Bleach some Bleach chapters for free right now as a celebration for it. Um, but everyone's excited. Um, I, I I talked about it on the Bleach retrospective. Um. I'll probably talk about it later in the future as well. Um, and let me know something. Because I was thinking about this while I was watching the live stream. Should I do weekly reviews of Burn the Witch? Like, as each chapter comes out, should I do weekly reviews? Because I do want to do weekly reviews of, of, of some manga. Because um, there's a lot of manga I read. But not a lot of manga is really all that popular. Or it just doesn't have that much attention. But I think Burn the Witch will probably get a lot of readers. And I just want to do something for people that really enjoy bleach and we'll probably enjoy um burn the witch but let me know um so i'm thinking about doing weekly reviews on burn the witch um, and seeing how that goes even if it's not burn the witch it could be maybe maybe another manga that you guys would like to see me do um but give me some suggestions leave you leave me a message on twitter and leave me a message on anchor itself um but that's all i really got for you guys today it has been a treat talking to you guys, going through the uh, some of the more interesting things in the world of anime and manga this past seven or eight days. Um, a lot of big things coming into the future. Let me just talk a little bit about what I got coming up for the next few episodes. I, like I said, I got a few guests that, I'm, that I can't wait to be talking about. Um, got a guest actually for, that does another podcast on sports, I believe, a sporting podcast, and his one of the co-hosts. Um, is a talks a lot about or it's a really big anime head so i can't wait to have this person on um also look out for my soul eater retrospective don't know when that's going to be coming out pretty soon i'm not sure if that's going to be next week or the week after um because i do kind of want to start preparing for my the spring anime 2020 um first impressions in the beginning of april so from from somewhere between before it's going to be sometime after this but before those so i'm thinking about late march like well it's already late march i guess so maybe like the right at the the 31st or maybe the first week of april i want to do a soul leader retrospective where i'm gonna you know and i'm planning to do that with a person with someone or with people um so obviously i'll be rereading it rewatching it and i'm gonna be basically just talking about how you know my thoughts on it or my current thoughts on the uh, series where it's going forward and things like that but i'm really excited for the soul eater one not only because i love soul eater i haven't seen it in a long time being able to do a retrospective with someone else be able to deep in depth go through the series like this it's going to be really con- really gonna be really fun so we'll look on that uh, also the winter i mean the spring anime 2020 be on the lookout for that in the f- in second week of april maybe or the end of the first week of april um, some guests that'd be cool, pretty cool. 
Um, not sure if I'm missing anything else. Some of these future future episodes. Um, not sure if I have anything else on my mind. If they do, you'll be I'll be hitting them up on Twitter. Be hitting them up on Tumblr as well. Uh, but um, that is pretty much all for today's episode of Weebcast. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed me rifling through some news. Also, did that. Also, you guys enjoyed me reviewing the first volume of Samurai Eight by Kishimoto. Really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed reading that. If you guys want to hear some more volume manga reviews or things like that nature, about once or you know once a week or whatever. Um, or if you got me something you want me to look at and review, whether it be a chapter or volume, shoot it to me. Let me know. I'm gonna definitely look. I'm gonna definitely check it out and try to review it for you guys because I love you guys. Um, but wherever you guys may be listening to this podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, or even Anchor, or wherever you may be listening to on maybe an iHeartRadio. Guys, you can listen to iHeartRadio too as well. Um, but um, make sure you guys rate and review the podcast. Give me a nice comment. Let me know what, what the show can improve. What would you like to hear on the show? Um, and even more importantly, consider becoming a uh, listener supporter uh, on the for the show. Become an official Weebcast supporter. Um, and you could do that by going to anchor.fm slash webcast slash support. Um, it's also in the description of all every single uh, webcast episode. You can just hit that link and where you'll be able to direct to a page where you can donate a, donate a, a small fee to not only help enhance the show in the future um, to get better guests um, so we could do cooler things with the show and things like that. So that'd be greatly appreciated. Like I said, that's it anchor.fm dot i mean dot anchor.fm slash webcast slash support um it's also I, it's on twitter as well you can you can hit on twitter um go on my twitter and hit the link in my bio um you can hit you can see the support option right there as well but once again thank you for allowing my voice into your ears and into your homes i hope you guys will have a lovely weekend stay safe out there watch some anime read some manga or be productive and do both, whatever the case may be, just to make sure you guys stay safe and be happy and be well. This is C-Dub, sound it off. Bye-bye.